Welcome back to Psychic Current. I'm your host, Nicole Mann. And once again, I want to thank you all for listening. I really, really appreciate your support. Now, you can go on to any platform you listen to us on and give us five stars. That really, really helps us out in the algorithms that um, do the recommended that will help us get more listeners. And as always, you can drop us a few pennies on our patron page, which is patron.podbean.com forward slash psychocrime. Or if you want to do a one-time donation, you can drop by our Venmo page, which is at psych-your-crime. I would appreciate all the support. And you, we always love hearing from you guys. So if you want to uh, contact me, it's Geek Flossie on Twitter and Instagram. And I absolutely love hearing from my international listeners. And I'm still trying to find crimes from other countries, um, uh, especially uh, New Zealand and Australia that aren't well-known crimes. So I can um, connect with some of my fans in other countries. Now, this week, as promised, we're going to look into the case of Bruce Pardo, a man who went on a Christmas Eve rampage dressed as a Santa, spurred on by difficult divorce. Now, forgive um, my voice. I am a little sick. I'm also traveling. I'm at my parents' house, so I don't have my usual setup. I'm actually in a closet in a guest room right now because it is the most soundproof place in their house. Uh, But let's get started. Bruce Pardo was born on March 23rd, 1963 in Los Angeles, California. He was raised in the San Fernando Valley and was a graduate of John H. Francis Polytechnic High School in Sun Valley, Los Angeles and he went to California State University in Northridge. He worked at Jet Propulsion Laboratory in La Canada, Flint Ridge. He met Sylvia Pardo, previously Sylvia Orza, in 2004. The couple wed on January 2006, but soon grew apart after their marriage. When Pardo refused to open a joint account with her, he also expected his wife to take care of her own three children with her own finances, which is a massive red flag. Um, when you get married and someone has their own children, um, if you're a step-parent, um, you should be their parent as well. And financially, you should be taking care of them as well. That's just what is it expected. Um, and it never, if you're gonna marry someone with children, you should expect to take care of them financially, emotionally, that's just what you should expect to happen if you're going to marry someone with children. In June 2008, divorce court ordered Pardo to pay $1,785 a month in spousal support. During the divorce proceeding, Bruce had confided to a friend that his wife was taking him to the cleaners. In July, Pardo was fired for billing false hours and the court suspended the support payments due to hardship. Pardo was required to pay Sylvia $10,000 as part of the divorce settlement. According to documents, Sylvia kept the Redding Wing and the dog. In a court declaration, Pardo complained that Sylvia was living with her parents and not paying rent, and had spent lavishly on a luxury car, gambling trips to Las Vegas, meals at fine restaurants, massages, and golf lessons. In an interview with CNN, a man who goes by the last name of Alvarez, who represented Pardo's 
former girlfriend, Elena Luciano, in a child support case, said that Pardo and Luciano were in an off-again, on-again relationship in 2001, in which Pardo had been watching their 13-month-old son Matthew one Saturday while Luciano went grocery shopping. When Luciano returned, she found Pardo frantically holding their unconscious toddler. The child got away from him for a few moments and crawled out a patio door and fell into a pool. The couple rushed the child to a nearby hospital where paramedics resuscitated him. Later, the gravely traumatized child was airlifted to Children's Hospital in Los Angeles, a world-renowned trauma center that specializes in severe pediatric care for specialized treatment. During the first week in intensive care, Pardo never left his son's bedside, but a few weeks after the child was stabilized, doctors concluded that severe brain damage would confine him to a wheelchair for life. Less than six months later, Pardo and Luciano ended their relationship, and Pardo stopped visiting his son. Pardo also stopped contributing to Matthew, his son's, medical costs, which ran up to $300,040 within the first year. They had to sue Pardo on over his $100,000 homeowner's insurance policy, and the lawyer recommended that she sue him beyond that. She was not vindictive and she knew he was living with overwhelming guilt, so she wanted only to pursue the policy. The lawyer said that he never had any problems with him and was able to collect the $100,000 policy to pay off the medical bills and set up a trust in which Pardo paid $240 per month for the rest of the child's life. To understand, this is to help us understand why he may have hidden this marriage from the mother of his child. We need to look at the toll divorce plays on men. So yes, Pardo never told his wife that he had a child with another woman. So until the murders took place, her family never knew that he had a child. Studies have shown men crave relationships and marriage as much as women despite stereotypes. What's more, women may end more unions than men. Statistics show women initiate more divorces than men, and there is little gender difference in which spouse has an affair preceding a divorce. In addition, on average, women may suffer less post-breakup. Marriage is strongly associated with overall happiness for both genders, in part because marriage is associated with financial well-being and better health, says a stack uh, study in 1998. But not only may marital happiness be higher for men than women via a study by Cora in 2009, the, pro, the protective health effect of marriage is higher for men, Rendell study, 2011, Wu study, 2003, men may be happier in their marriages than women, and men may have more to lose in a divorce or breakup in terms of health and happiness. Divorce is associated with worse physical and mental health for men than for women. Robard's study, 2012. These negative health effects are not trivial. Men are more likely than women to develop suicidality after a separation. Colvest's study, 2010. 
women may actually experience some health benefits from breaking up. For example, when stable heterosexual couples are asked to sleep apart via not sharing the same bed or sleeping space, women's quality of sleep is improved, whereas men's quality of sleep is reduced. The Diatami study, 2007. Much of the negative effect of divorce on health may be explained by changes in lifestyle, such as tobacco and alcohol use, the Hemaniki and Lee studies, 2003. Wives encourage husbands' healthy behavior, Reischeck and Uberson study, 2012. Without this positive influence, divorced men may rapidly fall back into old, unhealthy habits. In addition, men may be more emotionally dependent on their romantic partners and have fewer alternative sources of support, meaning that men may not have as much of a uh, circle of support, they may not have as much of a support system as women do. When asked who they would turn to first if they were feeling depressed, 71% of men selected their wives, whereas only 39% of women selected their husbands. And this comes from general social survey um, done between 1972 and 2012. Married women may maintain a more diverse network of emotional support than married men. This non-spousal support network is important during a separation. That isn't to say that men don't have friends and family, but they're less likely to seek them out for emotional support. In fact, some researchers have even argued that men are neurochemically predisposed to find breakups more difficult than women and to resist seeking help from friends. Divorced women are less likely than divorced men to remarry, but in the short term, it may be harder for men than women to rebound with a new partner. That's only short term, not long term. Online dating sites, for example, have often have an excess of men. In addition, it's not clear how often gender gap in marriage in remarriages is due to opportunity. That being there's less women that are ready to get remarried and how much is due to desire. Women that don't really want to get remarried versus men who want to get remarried. Many women, especially widows, but also divorced women with children, don't want a second marriage. This is a study by Lampard in 1999 and then a second study by Davison in 2001. Previously, married women often associate marriage with increased obligations and reduced freedom, whereas men may miss the emotional care they receive from the woman. On average, men may be more emotionally dependent on their spouses, which would make remarriage more desirable. So women see freedom in not being married, whereas men, they miss being taken care of. And that's why men are more likely to get remarried and they want to get remarried faster with women, where, where faster than women. Whereas women, they like the freedom they have. They don't like needing or being wanted um, as a caregiver. This is the men with low levels of social support from friends who are most likely to get remarried the quickest. And this would explain why Pardo took the divorce so hard, why he was upset that Sylvia was, while he was trying to separate financially from Sylvia during the marriage and force her to use her own money to take care of her children, and he was tr not taking care of her and her children uh, financially the way that 
we may think that he should have, he had come to depend on her emotionally after the toll that his son's accident had taken on him. So the idea of the divorce being so one-sided and entirely about money was too much for him. So on December 24th, 2008, at approximately 11.30 at night, Bruce Jeffrey Pardo, dressed in a Santa Claus suit, knocked on the door of his former in-law's house, which had about 25 people in it. He showed up with a gift wrap package that contained a homemade flamethrower in one hand, a 9mm semi-automatic handgun in the other hand. He also had three additional 9mm semi-automatic handguns on him. When the door opened, Pardo fired a handgun at, an, at the eight-year-old daughter of Leticia Yuhapolsky, the sister of Sylvia, as, he, as she ran to greet him, injuring her in the face. He then fired indiscriminately at fleeing partygoers. Police speculate that Pardo may have stood over and pointedly executed many of the victims using the other handguns. After the shootings, Pardo unwrapped the package containing the homemade flamethrower and using it to spray racing fuel gasoline to set the home on fire. Nine people died from either gunfire or flames and three others were wounded. The eight-year-old girl who was shot in the face with severe but non-life-threatening injuries, a 16-year-old girl who was shot and wounded in the back, and a 20-year-old woman who suffered a broken ankle jumping out of a second floor window. You really must be terrified and desperately want to live to decide to jump out of a second floor window. There was one survivor who called the authorities during the attack after escaping to a neighbor's house. The resulting fire soared approximately 40 to 50 feet high and took 80 firefighters an hour and a half to put out. Due to the intensity of the fire, identifications of the victims could only be done with dental and medical records. After the attack, Pardo put on street clothes and drove his Dodge Caliber rental car to his brother's house in Salomar, about 30 miles away from the crime scene, where he was later found dead from self-inflicted gunshot wounds. His brother was not at home at the time. It was believed that Pardo intended to flee to Canada by plane since he had bought an airline ticket um, for a flight on Air Canada. However, it was eventually discovered that the flight itinerary, uh, there was that he was on a flight itinerary for Northwest Airlines um, from Los Angeles to Moline, Illinois, with a layover in Minnesota. Pardo had called days before to tell high school friend he was planning to visit but investigators were unsure if he ever intended to visit or if the flight was just a ruse. He had visited the friend before. Other reports stated that the Santa suit had melted during the flamethrower portion of the attack and had adhered to his skin, so not all of it could be removed. However, suffering from third degree burns on his arms from the singed uh, Santa suit, Pardo decided to go against the initial plan and that was why he actually killed himself. Police found $17,000 in cash cling-wrapped to his legs inside of a girdle. His rental car, parked one block from his brother's house, had been rigged with the remnants of his Santa suit and that would detonate the car with black powder if removed. Also recovered from the scene were four 13-round capacity handguns that were empty and at least 200 rounds of ammunition, suggesting what had been inside the car was being treated as a threat. 
A bomb squad fired an incendiary device into it, burning and destroying it. At Pardo's house in Montrose, police recovered five empty boxes for semi-automatic handguns, two shotguns, and a container for high-octane fuel gasoline. They also found what was described as a virtual bomb factory in his house. At least three victims' deaths were caused by gunshot wounds alone, while others died for a combination of both gunshot wounds and fire. Two other deaths stemmed from the fire alone. A total of 14 children lost at least one parent in the massacre. The victims include Silvia Ortega, his ex-wife, Alicia Sotomayor Ortega, his mother-in-law, Joseph Ortega, his father-in-law, Charles Ortega, Sylvia's brother, Sherry Lynn Ortega, um, his brother-in-law, James Ortega, uh, his brother-in-law, Teresa Ortega, his sister-in-law, Alicia Ortega, his sister-in-law, Michael Ortega, his nephew. Unfortunately, the event has inspired several pop culture, several things within pop culture. Polly Cyrene, the lead singer of Extra Specs, recorded a song in 2010 called Black Christmas, which contains references to the massacre. Boombox Poets recorded a song in 2010 called Santa Syndrome, which loosely is based on references to the massacre and also their own lives. In 2012, the film Silent Night, a character tells the story of a man who donned a Santa suit and used a homemade flamethrower to attack a Christmas party attended by his wife. Now, that'll do it for this week. Join us again in two weeks when we look into the cult of Yahweh Ben Yahweh, or the Black Israelites, a group of people who got into real estate and took it to a deadly level. In the meantime, I hope you sleep better knowing the how and why people do such awful things.